Howdy. Uh, welcome to the Red Ass Podcast, Episode 2. This is uh, Fight Tags A, Class 2015, former Yelp boy Roy May. This is Rob White, Class of 14, and welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, Episode 2. All right, so this is going to be uh, really diamond-centric uh, today. We're going to talk a little, little baseball, a little softball, uh, then we're just going to kind of talk like idiots for the most part, but granted that's what we do anyways but before we get going and, and rob and i talked about what we were gonna talk about but i want to throw something at rob right quick because this popped across my twitter feed and i thought it looked like a lot of fun um and i actually quoted and threw it out there so stephen king of all people uh put out a tweet he said what's your favorite movie quote of all time and he gave two uh both of which and you know, I, I knew the movie reference but uh so so i the first thing that popped to my mind, and I mean, I know why, but and I get it, but I quoted it with, uh, you know, my favorite quote is, hey, dad, you want to have a catch mm-hmm. from Field of Dreams. I, mm-hmm. it's, there, there's so much that, that with that movie just growing up and my dad being my little league coach and all that other stuff. So when you think about like your favorite movie quote ever, just off the top of your head, go. Man, I'll be honest. One of my all time favorites. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. And sometimes it rains. Old See, there's Durham. no. Yeah. Oh, good old Bull Durham. Yeah. Oh, go figure. Kevin Costner was in both. Uh, yeah. You know, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's well. And if no, if, if, if people out there don't understand, Kevin Costner was actually decently athletic to where they didn't have to fake a lot of stuff on camera other than, <laughs> other than the velocity, but also with Charlie Sheen and, you know, that, that is what it is. And, um, major league, but mm-hmm. yeah, my, my first thought, and that's, uh, you know, Ray Kinsella, man, um, feel the dreams that, it, that was such a great movie to begin with. And, and the cast is so amazing. And if for some reason you've never seen feel the dreams, Do please, <laughs> for the love of God, go watch feel the dreams. Um, but as just a, a starstruck cast and man, that one, yeah, I grew up playing baseball, I, I guess I would say for my dad because he was the coach, you right. know. But uh, but yeah, baseball was my first love. It's my my mom wouldn't sign the waiver for me to play little league uh, football, you know, like you know Pop Warner. Right. Um, because my mom, like we said, is music major and head collisions and which actually she, what's weird is she tells you how we changed. She wasn't worried about the head injuries. She was worried about my fingers, so I could still play piano. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that could come up with sliding and not to mention getting yeah. by a pitch. I get that. Oh, no, no. She was more concerned with football. So she was fine. She was like, hey, you'll play baseball. That's fine. But football just seems so violent. So, you know, <laughs> base, baseball it was. And then I ended up playing catcher. And this was back when you could totally block the plate and just crush people. Right. So I, I don't know, you know. It's, but anyways, okay. So I had to get that out because for some reason, and that was the first thing that came in my mind. Uh, when I saw that Stephen King tweet of all people. Um, but so we had a question, um, that got posed to us. They were asking, well, everybody's asking a lot of questions, but I think one that was really uh, interesting to me because I don't know the story behind it. You know, we talked about this, Rob and I, you know, aren't pinky swear buddies since kindergarten. Oh, don't um, you know it? Yeah. Hi, hi. Uh, you, you, New Mexico, we were pen pals. We were both in children penitentiaries. Um, no, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, you know, Rob and I grew apart from each other, and even though he was one class ahead of me, you know, I was unfortunately a decade or so past because um, I has the olds. Um, but 
I, I think Rob and and I think it's important that people know that you are Section Two Hundred Three. Like you're the. Yeah. <laughs> you're the dude. Yeah. So. I mean, the... you have you have you have Stat Boy, you have Rob, um, you know, you have Shades on Six. Like you're the guy, man. Like every tradition carries on. <laughs> right, but but you're the dude. You know, you're right now. You're the dude. Vilbowski, uh, the dude. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, right now you're the dude, and yeah. and the torch gets passed from dude to dude, man. That's true. Um, and if you love bowling, please watch the Big Lebowski. Great. Uh, it's phenomenally terrible. Um, but uh, but but you know Aggie baseball, and you talked about how you know you went on a, a visiting circuit of schools trying to yeah. find the right fit, and Aggie Land was your right fit, and your memory of that was a football game. So the curiosity from people was. Baseball was it like you and baseball? You know, if that was football was your memory, then how did baseball come into it? So please, yeah. by all means. Sure. So going back, uh, oh, really, I didn't do uh, baseball on that opening circuit at all. You know, that was just my initial tour. Uh, we didn't really do much in the sport realm. Uh, my first memories of Aggie baseball uh, do go back uh, whenever we first uh, got into the spring of my freshman year, which is 2011. Uh, and for those of you who remember, that was a College World Series team. And so that's a very easy way to get tied in, is when you have a team that ends up making it to the big dance. Well, right. Well, right. But, I mean, it was 2011. But, I mean, did, did you start at the beginning of the season? Just like, no. hey, it's nice outside? Like, No, I was, I believe it or not, I did not start at the beginning of the season. I wasn't lining up at the gate to get in. You know, I was never, I wasn't that kid my freshman year. I had grown up with baseball. You got to understand, uh, my hometown, Carlsbad, is a huge baseball town, and anybody who's lived there can attest. You know, they've multiple state titles in New Mexico. I think they had ended up, I think, at like twelve or thirteen of them. You know, so you're talking about a very baseball-centric city. I grew up with baseball, but I more or less lost touch with that going in, uh, before I got back into college. I just wasn't really into the game as much as I would like to be. Wait, did, I, wait, 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 wait. Did you play Little League? I did play Little League. Position? Uh, I was right field. I was right yeah, field. And, and I think the most important question for us old people out here are – were you to go on a slow pitch beer league, what position would you prefer to play? Coach. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, when I've done slow pitch softball, which I, I have done, I, 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 I typically am, I'm either in right, I'm in right or right center is typically where I end up out right now. Yeah, before my old legs gave out on me, I was a left center kind of guy, just chase them all down. Yeah. Uh, now I'm a first base kind of guy. Right. Um, you know, every once in a while I have to be on the hot corner, uh, but but I can catch. My arm is shot because I'm old. I'm just I'm just old. So really, first base pitcher or catcher, but I can't relegate myself to pitcher or catcher. Right. So you know, first you know, I'm like I'm like Will Clark in his latest days. Right. Like I can I can pretty much play first base, but I can still knock it out of the park. Hey, that's that's the important thing. But yeah, sorry. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. I I will say. Um, but yeah, no, I you know I played a little bit when I was younger. I wasn't the best, but I had RBIs. I enjoyed the game. It was always fun for me. It was never something super serious. I get to College Station, 
and hadn't really gotten myself into Aggie baseball. There were, um, you know, when I was at A&M, I was in a group called the Singing Cadets uh, All-Mill Choir, and a handful of the members would go to the games. They invited some of us young guys out one time. Of course, when they invited us, it was Saturday, game two of the A&M Texas series in College Station. And of course, I show up 30 minutes before the game thinking, oh, I'm going to find a seat. No chance. 30 minutes before that wait before the game or before the windows open oh before the game. yeah no before the yeah, game okay before the game yeah the game's supposed to i think it was uh mid-afternoon the game was supposed to be at uh two o'clock i showed up at 1 30 thinking i'm gonna find a seat not a chance i was getting heckled by everybody uh you know the first time i came up so you know Everybody has to have their first game. And my first game, I got yelled at a lot. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> well, but when you think about it, if you were going to pick a game to get yelled at a ton, it would be when everybody's also yelling at everything else. I mean, you're playing the Sips. Right. So even though you don't, you're not getting a pass, like you can sneak through without getting pelted with things. That's true. But, yeah, no, so I – yeah, went to a few games my freshman year, uh, really started watching more, and ended up getting tickets during the regional. So we got to watch us push our way through the regional, uh, sat home and watched us make our run through the Supers where we took down Florida State and made it to Omaha. So I remember watching all of that in sync, and that really more or less set uh, the bar for me as far as getting back to the games. I wasn't really focused on uh, 203 or the traditions at that point. I was still focused on the game. The and, quality of Aggie baseball. Right, exactly. And that's what got it, me in. That's like walking in as a freshman at Alabama, and you're there to study like entomology, and one of your buddies brings you to a game, and you're like, hey, they're not bad at this sport. And then for the next couple of years of your tenure at your college, they're not bad at that sport. So it's kind of easy yeah. to get into. No, not at all. And so that was a really easy way to get me into the sport. And, you know, my next few years um, while I was in college, I spent time bouncing back and forth between what we liked to call Canada, which was more or less <laughs> section uh, 204, 205, et cetera, further down away from 203. And you guys still need got, a passport out there, right? Yeah, exactly. They, you know, they yell A at us all the time. It's great. <laughs> but we ended up getting ourselves back. Um, eventually integrated myself into the section. Um, eventually got to know uh, Stat Boy, I, you know Sandy Stewart, one of my really good friends now. Um, I've and, I've and, been fortunate enough to uh, to meet him just a touch, a ton through Twitter. Um, I don't know that we're on like a first name. Let's go out and leave the kids with the wife kind of thing. But, you know, it, it keeps, I, Stat Boy is phenomenal, and I think he's, you know what's funny? I think he's a weird segue because of, like, super old Aggie baseball fans, like the old, if you want to call them, 203s. Sure. Um, you know, the Raggies, like right. the, the initial Raggies, man. And it was, and he presents this great segue between, like, the original Raggies who, and, uh, who are not, I'm so old that I, you know, was going to games in the 80, you know, mid, late 80s. Right. Um, at least that I remember, you know, but I was up around college station starting in 90, 88, 87, you know, 90, somewhere in there right. and going, going to all the sports games, uh, all of them, you know, all the sports. And, uh, 
uh, I, I think I, I think Stat Boy turns a, a lot of people off because they think uh, his antics are um, detrimental to the game. And I think uh, with all the pearl clutching aside, I think you have to realize, like, dude, it's the ballpark, man. Like, like it's just it's so hard for people to understand that, dude, we're at a ballpark, and this is the most hostile, family-friendly environment you will ever find. Exactly. And see, that's one of the reasons why I love it. We do keep it very family friendly. For those of you who don't go to the games, you know, we do tend to police ourselves quite a bit, especially compared to a lot of other fan bases. You know, we're going to keep it pretty family friendly. And most of the heckling that does take place is going to be your slapstick Looney Tunes kind of heckling. It's not going to be Looney Tunes. Hey, it's perfect. You suck. No, it's, it's more clever than that. Well, and and here's the thing, and I'll uh, I'll admit to this. So my first baseball game as a fish, uh, you know, I'm still not a full year removed from being in the 82nd Airborne, which, God bless the 82nd. Um, they are some of the most vile, awful, effective combat troops on the face of the planet. So in com in combat, I, I'd never want anybody else to my left or right, honestly. Um, in in public, I spend a lot of time apologizing for them, and uh, and and I got really worked up. It was like a Tuesday night game, and I was just worked up for some reason. I think it's because all of a sudden I'm back in college, and what the hell am I doing? I should just be jumping out of planes and kicking doors in. What am I doing with calculus? <laughs> <laughs> and the the friggin' first base coach from the opposing team just. For the love of God, was it like he wasn't even in the same orbit of the first base box? Mm -hmm. I was like, "Y'all can get in the box." And I finally said, "I was like, get in the damn box." Everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" I'm like, uh, uh, "I forgot. It's been so long. I'm terrible." Yeah, no, that does happen a bit. Some people, um, we do have folks every once in a while that will lose situational awareness, but that's not, you know, it, it happens. It's fun. That's the important well, thing. Well, I'm happy to say, like, I mean, I didn't come completely off the rails like I did at the Baylor football game, and we'll right. address we'll address that at some point, and <laughs> not right now. That's um, good, but yeah, no. Over the course of my uh, history, um, but yeah, no, more or less. Uh, some of the old guard has since moved on. Um, Sandy got married uh, back in 2016, and has yeah, since, uh, yeah, <laughs> and hasn't been to a lot of games lately. Um, Really, from the old, I would call it the old days, you know, there's like three or four of us that were there even in 2011. It's a whole new crew up there now. And the thing is, with that new crew comes new personalities, new heckles, new everything. But 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 the, state, but the same mentality. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the same, you know, orderly kind of respectful way of, of being a heckler, which of being a raggy. Right. Um, you know, it's uh, and and it, that doesn't perfectly, in, you know, encapsulate what it is that agitations are. Right. You know, like old army passes off to new army, and the new army turns into old army. And I mean, you're all old army the second you graduate. But right. But it's just it's these things that get passed down. And I remember it was this way when I was there, and blah blah blah. But but in reality. You know, if you take away all the hazing that happened in the you know 40s, 50s, and 60s, right. you know, not a ton has changed as far as what we do. It's just, uh, you know, an 
I, you know, we're a baseball school, man. No, for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is a niche and it's a niche sport. I will admit that, you know, there is, I mean, not a particularly large fan base that I will call a core group of A&M baseball fans out there. But the ones that do go to the games are very dedicated and they're very supportive. And Lord knows when we're good, oh yeah, no attendance is going to be through the roof. And even if we're even if we're not that good, there's still going to be people in the stands and they're still going to heckle. Well, and I think that's one of the the beauties of of baseball. One, like going to baseball should be including your sports pass. If you're getting a football only sports pass as a student, you are missing out on just so many great Aggie athletes working their asses off. Um, but, you know, Aggie baseball, I, dude, what's more, it's, you know, baseball, American pie, blah, 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 blah. You know, the springtime, the the fresh cut smell uh, of the yard, you know, it's just, there's something about, even if you're not a huge Aggie baseball fan, man, a Saturday and Sunday out in the sun watching, uh, you know, truly America's pastime. You're making me miss it, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, well, just, it's all right. yeah, no, trust me when I say we, we all miss it, man. Yeah. Um, so, but we'd be remiss um, as much as we love to talk about great. Oh, oh, uh, <clears throat> sidebar. Mm. I do remember Aggie Alley. I remember sitting in Aggie Alley, bring back Aggie Alley. And if I have to start a hashtag for that, I will. There's no excuse. It, given how they block streets off around games anyways, mm-hmm. that Aggie Alley can't still exist in some way, shape, or form. We're not going to turn this into Mississippi State's left field. We're not going to have the beer dumping out at Ole Miss. Just, man, give me back a little bit of Aggie Alley. Yeah, just that purity of people. You know, remember, you hear all these stories about your parents sneaking into Comiskey and sneaking into Yankee Stadium. They mm-hmm. snuck in here to catch a game, and or they – they sold programs, but they told the dude they do it for free just so they could catch the last three innings. Like, right. but dude, there's something very pure about baseball. Oh, for sure. And Aggie Alley is very specifically pure to Texas A&M. It's it's fun. It's it's man, Ole Miss got it right. Bunch of hooligans on the right field. We prefer not to get hit by trains, so we went with left field. Right. You know, for the most part. But in you know, but you know, as we got better, things got a little crazy. But uh. But yes, that's my segue. So, but we'd be remiss talking about the diamond if we didn't address what everybody out there talking about Aggie baseball and Aggie softball, um, you know, are thinking. And then again, you know, this is our opinions, uh, and and I'm I'm uh, I'll, I'll keep citing. We are not in any way affiliated with or sponsored by or associated with Tex Ags, but I read a ton of Tex Ags, so I will reference them a lot. Uh, just because I think they really do their due diligence, and especially when there's we're at a time where there's no sports to cover, mm-hmm. the sports writers that are still surviving out there, I think, are impressive because they're really doing the legwork with the boots on the ground and the ton of internet research to put out stuff that's that's actually still worth reading. Right. So, so we got to talk a little bit about um, just kind of you know. Baseball and softball, whether it, with the coach's retention, given the shutdown. Sure. So, so I think, and uh, and and I'm a, I'm a I'm I'm a big Ross Bjork fan. I'm becoming a bigger fan every time he kind of does anything. To be honest, I think we were all skeptical, um, just because, you know, 
just how Aggies are. We're like, well, he's coming from Ole Miss. Look what happened at Ole Miss, blah, blah, blah. And we were all, you know, pissed off about losing Jack Wagon to LSU. But, but, but two things. I don't think Scott Woodward had any sort of, uh, like, dark ulterior motives before he left. He set us up for success. Um, and then Ross came in. Everybody's like, all right, well, we got set up for success. Oh, crap, here comes this. But I think he's one of the most personable people. And I've only been able to talk to him for literally in passing, but I introduced myself. We talked. And, and he was – and I'm I'm not a people reader in the sense that I'm amazingly great at it, but I feel like I'm pretty good at it. And I talked to him and I shook his hand and we kind of looked eye to eye and spoke for maybe 15, 20 seconds. And what he said wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't window dressing. He, he legitimately, you know, would like to reconnect with me. Uh, and, and which, why my opinion matters about shit. I have no idea when it comes to athletics, um, but but yeah, I don't know. Win more. I, that's all I got for you, buddy. Um, yeah, leave the yeah, you, leave, yeah, leave the yell leaders alone. Keep them out of Olson. Um, you guys can have your own burn the barn down. Uh, you know, debate about them at basketball. But um, but you know, I just easily I, I I think he's a very uh, very straightforward uh, person. I, I don't think. Um, I don't think he has any reason to to deceive people. I, mean, I didn't. I wasn't just like, hey, I really like A and M. Let's talk. I told him, I was like, look, I'm Roy. Blah blah. This and that. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to sit down and have a steak with you, or you know, come in the restaurant. We can chit chat. I'm just, I'd love to pick your brain. <clears throat> I didn't have any suggestions for him. I don't know how to run an athletic department. If I knew how to run an athletic department, I would have applied when the job came up and when Scott Woodward went home to the Red Stick. Yeah. Definitely should have put my submitted form there for VP on that. <laughs> You're right. Okay. So, but the reality is, so we were really at a crossroads with RC and Joe. Um, and this was kind of a put up or shut up season, which is crazy given both of their successes, but it's also not crazy given their lack of the next step success. Right. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the diamonds, um, you know, the coach retention, retention with the COVID interruption. I, I think, I, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I honestly, I think there's absolutely no way given that, I mean, hell, softball was heading into Tennessee, but they had him here at Davis diamond, you know, right. baseball, I just, you know, what we saw. So it's, you can't can anybody in the middle of an international crisis, absolutely which, not which we've seen a lot of really important people in re, in a lot of different fields get canned or resign, which I think is very telling of character. Right. Um, however, specific to this, I, I just, you know, I, I, I think it's a pass. I, it has to be a pass. I completely, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, and it doesn't matter what was happening before the shutdown. Like, I mean, how can you gauge somebody's employment on non-conference play? And in softball's, you know, in softball's world, uh, you know, invitationals. So, so I think what's important is, I mean, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but there, it doesn't matter whether you were, they were on the chopping block or not. It's just, it's extended. 
Yeah, no, this year's definitely a free pass on everybody, I feel, especially in the spring. I think everybody that needs uh, that second pass to get looked at is definitely something we, that needs to happen. You know, you look at both RC and Joe, and I think they both deserve additional viewing. There's no reason on the planet they should get cut at this point in time. Well, yeah, and 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 I would like to preface this, and, and this might change after this podcast, but... <laughs> You know, I, you know, I've I got to do you know, Good Bull Barbecue was doing uh, it was doing uh, pregame lunches for the Tuesday games, um, so I got to know the team real well. I got to know RC real well, all the assistant coaches, um, and and I'll tell you uh, this for a fact. And and uh, well, it turns out softball the coaches are, are I think mainly vegan apparently. Um, but all the softball girls, yeah, used to come in and, and you know, eat Pig Max because, because they're like the greatest thing ever. But, um, but, uh, but I, I think even when you look well back to when RC was hired and 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 Joe was hired, I, I mean, these are these are people, uh, these are like highly highly competitive people in their field, mm-hmm. and 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 they and. I hate the they get A and M statement because like if you just you know show up gig them do the Warhammer and you win a lot nobody's gonna give a shit right but like the hard work kind of nature that that RC and Joe have I think is important to to Aggies oh I completely agree especially if you look at the leagues that they do compete in you know especially nowadays you got two two uh, great coaches that have both been put in more or less what is the ultimate meat grinder of the SEC for their sports, for the respective sports. You know, softball is absolutely, you know, you look at the various different programs that are the great programs of softball, and the fact that the SEC pretty much fields the entire conference every year of the tournament, that tells you something. This is not an well, easy conference. No, it's not. I mean, there might be sports where it is, but this ain't one of them. Mm-mm. So I, I just I don't know I mean, and that's the thing like when you talk about historical references like, you know where these teams always get you know I don't care if anybody was good, forty years ago the landscape right now states that Alabama is one of the powerhouses right. Right. There's no doubt about that. You look at uh, Alabama in particular, um, especially across softball. You know, they've been an absolutely dominant program. Um, And, you know, you've had solid programs out of LSU. And, you know, Kentucky proved when we played them there they were no slouch. Tennessee is always solid. Um, But, you know, A&M has proven that they do have the medal. You know, they got themselves into the College World Series, what, 2017? For the women, that was not terribly long ago. So, yeah, it's very good to see them continue to um, improve across the board. Well, and, and, and it's just and it's just like baseball. And what's crazy is, hold on one second. Yeah, you're fine. Sorry, God bless my parents. Um, they always love to text. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, well, and for the record, there's nothing greater than having a fine relationship with your parents. But oh, um, absolutely, yeah. But I'm, I'm at 40 years old. I'm still. You know, the only boy of my mother's little baby, which is weird, um, but I get it. <laughs> but, uh, no, so when it comes to softball, though, you see the Washingtons, and 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 what's funny is baseball and softball are, are mirrored very well when it comes to 
where the best teams are, what coast they come from. Right. Uh, and it, and it just shows you, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's not just a regional sport, it's regional because of weather. It really is, you know, no doubt. Everything, you know, baseball is huge in the South, um, Florida, Texas, California are the three hotbeds for football and for baseball. So when the weather's warm, like, I gotta be honest, I cannot, I mean, maybe you can help me with this rub. Can you remember the last, uh, first round NHL prospect to come out of the state of Texas? Ooh. NHL could not tell you. Yeah, neither could I, because I don't think <laughs> one has ever existed ever. Um, Surely not, right? Yeah, I mean, unless they immigrated from Russia, and they're like, hey, my senior year in high school, you know, I was, you know, in <laughs> Laporte. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just, so it's one of those things where we have this, uh, we have this hotbed, and and the biggest thing is to be able to recruit outside of it, right? Right. Because you can't just win sports within your state. Like, no. you can't field an entire roster of football players or baseball players or softball players or basketball players or anything from one state. It's just not possible. No. I mean, are you better off in football when most of your players are from Texas? Probably. Sure. <laughs> Texas, Texas, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, kind of Pennsylvania, and absolutely California. But... You know, it. so it, it, my biggest thing is I want to talk about what we saw before the shutdown. Right. You know, so I'm going to let you go a little bit on baseball uh, relative to kind of, and I'm, I'm going to chime in a little bit because one thing I think the greatest thing that ever happened to every sport other than football was the SEC network. Oh, that is an absolute truth. Dude, I watched volleyball on my television. I didn't have to put it on my laptop and plug in the HDMI. Like, I watched volleyball. I watched women's softball on a Tuesday. Like, this Gymnastics. is – Yeah. Oh, dude, we're going to do – championships. Dude, we're going to – well, we're, we're going to do a whole podcast about – or not a whole podcast, but a whole podcast topic about how A&M needs to be D1 in gymnastics and needs to happen yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. 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 All right. So, so anyways, so what you saw with baseball heading into it, that gives you hope because this is going to be the same team one year of working out harder. My dad said something to me today asking if my daughter had done her workouts because there's a big difference between people that want to be better and say they want to be better, especially right now when they have all the time to get better. Of course. You look at baseball, um, and obviously there was a lot of things to take away uh, early on in our season for positives, particularly from the offensive standpoint over the past uh, several seasons. You look at what uh, Chad Kaye was able to do uh, coming in early in the season. Granted, you know, non-conference competition, but he came in and took care of business uh, against our Tuesday opponents. I mean, nearly set a school record uh, for runs in a game against Prairie View A&M in two innings. It took no time for that to happen uh obviously offensively i was very impressed with the team and on top of that the pitching really stepped up and particularly of course we'd be uh you know we'd be doing everyone a disservice by not saying uh asa lacy was absolutely outstanding um on the mound and he would come out i think he ended up finishing you know this early portion of the season with a 1.11 era or something ridiculous like that I, there was some vote online. It looked like a, it's like a point seven something, and but well, the the more impressive thing that I saw was 
there was this poll like who should be the number one pitcher of the year, and there were four pitchers on there. His ERA wasn't the lowest, but his batting average against was. Right. And that's, I mean, you can you know you know cherry pick your metrics, but he had a slightly higher ERA. He had more strikeouts, but he had more walks. Um, he obviously had, he had a couple like a handful more innings pitched. So you're like, uh but his batting average against was lower and he'd pitch more innings. So you got to realize a lot of that kind of fluctuates. And yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick one of the four that was posing that Twitter question, I'd be like, I'm going to pick Asa cause I'm, I'm an ag. But right. if I wasn't associated with any of those four schools, I mean, I the know. numbers are, you know, it's like one, a one B. Right. And it's, you know, no doubt that I think we would have seen a better test across the board with not only Asa um, on the mound, but every other player in the SEC uh, as we moved into SEC play on our team. Uh, you know, Auburn on the road, uh, first weekend was going to be a absolutely tough test. Everybody knew it. Um, it was a little too bad. Obviously, we didn't get to see that. But, you know, coming into this season, I think there was a lot of um, not super high expectations, but um, as the season was starting to progress, there was um, a lot of hope. Um, just well, from an offensive I, standpoint. I think, well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I'm going to rephrase that how I saw it. Um, but obviously, you know, whatever. Right. Um, you know, I think there's always some sort of hope or hopeful expectation of improvement and bringing in Kaye, we were like, Hey man, you know, we should be better. And then all of a sudden you had these games, um, where you know, Holy crap, we're putting up football numbers right. <laughs> in, and in the rain. Uh, oh yeah. No, so, that was, that was a wild so, yeah. Wednesday. So, so you're, you're like, man, this, this is for real. But I think everybody that that's a full blown kind of baseball softball period, like look, some weekends you just see the ball yeah. and it's, and sometimes you fight the ball. And so, so, but it was, man, it was the most encouraging to probably your, uh, like your pedestrian base, Aggie baseball right. fans, like, holy crap, they're putting up, man, we're going old school metal, you know, aluminum bat style. Right. Um, uh, which, oh, uh, another sidebar. I still think that the major league all-star game home run derby, if they really care about distances, they should just let them use the old aluminum bats. Mm-hmm. Put a steel cage in front of the pitcher and no children. No. No children. Um, let's, let's break some scoreboards. Let's uh, let's put some dents in cars on the outside of the stadium. Yeah, let's let's knock it over the river outside of the right field wall. Yeah. But um, yeah. but 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 it was it was uh, yeah, man, th- those offensive numbers. It goes back to like the old Miami days, you know, back in the '90s when and early 2000s when pff, doesn't matter if their pitching sucks, you're not gonna catch them. Right. Yeah. And, and so it was encouraging. And then I think as we got into the season, what we saw was kind of a little discouragement with the fielding. Sure. And we saw quite a bit of that, especially uh, around the weekend uh, up in Frisco. You know, I was there. Um, There was a lot of folks that were uh, very discouraged because, you know, when you go into that weekend expecting to win bare minimum two games and you drop all three, yeah, that can be a bit discouraging, especially considering two of those games were against ranked opponents. And so, yeah, yeah, well, and, and honestly, and, and here's the problem. It doesn't matter if Asa Lacey is the greatest pitcher to come through Texas A&M ever. If you can't feel behind him, it doesn't matter. It's true. You know, good pitchers get the ball put in play. 
but they expect defense behind them. And that's, you know, and that is what it is. I, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, young team, people play in, in positions they shouldn't play in. There, there's a lot of factors that go into this. I'm, I'm never going to sit here and, and blame a student athlete for anything ever. Right. Um, but but collectively, because it, it's not like one person is donking up the the fielding percentage. It's a, it's a fielding thing. So you bring in Chad Kaye, and you know the offensive production goes nuclear. But you're still dealing with fielding errors. So it, it, you know for a little more seasoned kind of baseball fan in general, you're talking about all right. Well, I mean, we put up 14, but we give up six unearned. Where does that leave us on the back end of things when we burn through pitchers? Because every error is another pitch that pitcher has to throw, and especially in college, there's a pitch count. Well, not to mention, you go back to the, I'll call it the old days of the aluminum bat. You look at what we did, um, Aggie baseball in the 80s and the 90s, and we did have a lot of teams where we really, I mean, we had good pitchers, but we certainly weren't pitcher-based. You know, we had a lot of offense. You know, we, you know, in the in the big game, everybody always talks about game one of the doubleheader gets Texas in 89. You know, we won that game 18 to 14. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of good offense, but, you know, the defense really wasn't there. Even, yeah, well, yeah. but but the metal bat era, I don't think had so much to do with defense as it had to do with honestly just the metal bats. At that point in baseball, and everything swings between pitchers dominate the game, hitters dominate the game, but nobody ever talks about the defense. Mm-hmm. Like defense rarely dominates a game unless somebody finds a percentage. You're like, holy crap, this is why this team won the World Series because holy crap, they're fielding at a 9.94. Yeah, not to mention uh, you're gonna lose a World Series in a situation like that. Just look at Arkansas a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, you, know, it, you, you miss a pop fly that would have won the series, and you drop the next yeah. game and a half. So. Yeah, Arkansas went full Chicago Cubs on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but so I, I want to shift this. I, I don't want to you know harp too long again. Look, this, this season doesn't count. It just it sucks, but it is what it is. But when it comes to softball, I, I think what what I saw was, um, man, you want to talk about going from barber pole on the left to barber pole on the right on your shooting range. It was everywhere from left to right in between, dead on the target, hitting the hill in front, and accidentally shooting a deer way back off at 390 that your rifle isn't supposed to even shoot at, and right. you certainly weren't aiming at. You know, they, you know, they, they had these. It, it was just, it was really weird. You know, you come in. And you start, you know, you start at home. It's like non-conference, good, you know. Schedule opponent, see what happens. Come out, they come out with a win, um, you know, against UTA. And UTA is, is no slouch when it comes to softball. Sure. You know, everybody thinks about UTA and all these other things, but UTA is it's no slouch when it comes to softball. And because of the softball girls uh, that I was fortunate enough to to get to know and and, and kind of call friends, to be honest, I, I don't know if they call me friends, but um, you know, when I was there. Uh, you know, they tell me, you know, hey, you know, you know, UTA's got this girl. They they know, and so you go from you open with a win against mm-hmm. UTA. It's it's two to nothing, but you're like, dude, open. That's their pitcher. But in softball, these girls can pitch for three days. Right. You know, then you come out the next day on you know, or excuse me, I think it was like the it was like a doubleheader when they opened, like um. Yeah, and then you drop it seven two. So, so now two games in a row, you've only put up two runs each. 
And so now it comes down to the pitching and look, and we talked about pitching with baseball, but you want to talk about a pitching dominant sport. Softball is like just worlds more important than baseball. No doubt. They'll show because you. the, because the best pitcher in baseball pitches on Friday night. And then you get to see him in seven days. The best pitcher in softball can pitch against you twice in one day. It's a more natural motion for the ligaments, for the shoulders, for the muscles. That's why they can do it. And so there was just kind of this up and down, back and forth with Aggie softball. And you're like, oh, we won a game. Oh, crap. Why did we lose to them? And and you have this invitational here and this and that. And then all of a sudden you go out and, you know, you go out to uh, some invitational they do on the West Coast. And they beat a a no-name. And then, like, that very same day, they beat Arizona. Right. Like, (laughs) They beat Arizona, and it was one of the most phenomenal wins on the planet because it was such a comeback win. It was one of those, like, you put the stake in the ground, and you're like, they're not going to get past here. We've got to move past this stake. This is our ground. That's their ground. We need to move this stake into their ground. Right. You know, and, and, and they did it. I, I, they absolutely did it with Arizona, and it was phenomenal to watch. And the next, you know, the next day they played Air, or Oklahoma, and it just uh, – Scratch, just barely scratch, you know, it's two to one. I mean, but it's two to one. It's OU. You know, OU softball is another one of those powerhouses. No doubt. Then you lose to UCLA, but I, I mean, you're emotionally spent from from a doubleheader on the back end that you beat Arizona. You almost beat OU, and then yeah, just you know, it is what it is. But it, it softball has been very up and down, mm-hmm. and it's it's a run production and pitching thing. And one of the biggest criticisms I keep hearing is we can't recruit pitchers. Well, you, you're recruiting pitchers, but you're not recruiting the stuff around them. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like Aggie baseball. Like you've got, like, you know, you got them in the circle, but you're not getting much support on the back end. Like you're telling me that, you know, you, you put up two runs. I mean, the first game of the year. Right. Shut out. Shut out. And you win by two at home against UT Arlington. Like, again, UT Arlington is not like you're just kind of run over. We'll pay you to come in and get stomped. Because there are. Yeah. But you expect, especially with a dominant kind of pitching performance, whether it's one, you know, one pitcher, he rolls the whole game, you know, complete game shutout, you know, you're a bullpen shutout. Why are we only putting up two? Sure. And I can understand because, the expectation to have more runs, uh, especially at home that early in the year. You feel loose. Well, well and I think the expectation, uh, especially you know, on the softball side, is the fact that hey, Joe's been here a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's Man, I was in school the last time they went uh, to Oklahoma City. Right. So it's been five years. It's been a half a decade. And we just built a really pretty facility. So it's, you know, it's this weird kind of back and forth where we spent the money so you better win, but you're literally saying what's against the rules in college athletics. But at the same time, I understand you spent – money on the facilities so you should recruit better so it's um man it's tough i will be really interested to see next year 
on both diamonds. Mm -hmm. What, and we don't know this, but what Bjork's uh, expectations are, because we're going to know next year real quick. And I'll be honest, you know, just speaking from the baseball side, uh, you know, there's no doubt amongst the fan base, and I'm sure this is true of else uh, other things, but I'll say that, you know, the expectation here is that we want to have, you know, we want to be at least hosting regionals, if not super regionals, every other year. And you got to expect Omaha maybe every three years or maybe every two years is the hope, of course. But, you know, you – the expectation is that we are a top 16 program that will host a regional every single year. And, you know, a lot of folks have said we haven't been there yet, last couple of years in particular. We, we were very close, but we're, we ended up being a two seed or a three seed. But how fair is it to say that we should be hosting? Right. I, I think that... No, 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 seriously. Mm -hmm. how, is it fair to say that in both sports... Minus an off year, here or there, we should always be hosting a regional. Not a super, just a regional. No, I just a regional. Say, I would say it's uh, just you know, based on opportunity and what we have as far as uh, facilities as well as establishments of programs and coaching staffs that we should be hosting regionals um, every I think it's year. I, I think it's fair to demand that. Yeah, I, I would say it's and, fair and, to expect that for sure. And you know what? If if one every eight or ten years, we didn't even host a regional. Okay, fine. But the reality is, you can never find yourself in a situation where you're not in a regional. Mm -hmm. And way more often than not, you should be hosting one. And missing the postseason. Right. Bleh, that at this bleh. point for either coach. I would say is probably enough to get, you know, eyeballs on, you know, the the right eyeballs to say it, you know, this, you know, we may need to well, think about something else. Well, I think before all the shutdown, I think those eyeballs were already on both programs. So, sure. all right. I think we've spent enough time with the diamonds, at least for now, sure. but I think we've certainly shown that, that we can, we can talk about baseball and softball way more than people want to hear about. Yeah, it's definitely on, but, um, on my head for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, we miss it, but uh, whether it's here or it's not here, I, we always want it to be better. You know, there's – you could be LSU uh, – gosh, what was it South Carolina won back-to-backs? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, South Carolina – yeah, it was – yeah, it was within was like a three-year stretch. 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I bet, and I bet they were upset that they didn't win the other year. You know, and, and and I don't ever want to get to the point where, you know, if we don't win the championship, screw them, because I saw so much of that out of Alabama fans. Right. And it is the most fascinating thing on the planet. Yeah. Like, to think that you did, you just deserve championships. Yeah, and, you know, all you got to do is look at A&M's baseball program and how it's done. Uh, versus a lot of programs around them. You know, you have a Texas program, which historically, let's face it, they're one of the best in baseball. There's no doubt about it. They, However, they are, they they are baseball the blue blood. If you, yeah. if they're baseball blue blood if you go back long enough. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, you know, and they punch their ticket to Omaha you know, every few years or so. But then they turn around and end up missing their own conference tournament last year. 
you know, and so it's crazy to see how all these other programs are a little bit have a bit of, uh, more of this roller coaster feel to them, where it feels like A and M baseball. It's kind of like riding a barge. You know what's happening. You know the direction we're going. Things aren't changing much. And and you and you see the same sandbar coming up every year. Yeah, sorry, man. I don't mean to hit you in the knees with a crowbar there. <laughs> no, it's but yeah, you know, and softball. I think again, we talked about this. The, the difference. Look how good we were when Trinity Harrington was in the circle. Right. When you have an elite pitcher in softball, you need the supporting cast. When you have an elite pitcher in baseball, you need a good number, like a really good number two a decent number three and you need a closer that can throw like a pro closer in the, you know, in the mid to high nineties and you still need some decent bats and some great fielding. Of course. Now you, now you need that in softball, but, but in softball, you know, the elite pitchers just shut things down. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's one of the biggest differences is, you know, they're like, you know, softball pitchers today are like Nolan Ryan back in the day when he played the angels, dude threw like 260 pitches one game. You know, they they, they were like their energizer buddies. They can just keep going. Yeah, they're like middle reliever. I don't that I don't I don't even know what that is. I don't, what? But uh, all right, so let's get off the diamonds for now. All right, because otherwise everybody's gonna turn this off by the time we're done talking about it. So somebody asked about uh, like yell leader stories, which I, I mean I got a million of them. Uh, but, but I figured, I figured I would tell one cause it's, it's my favorite and it's one of my favorite football memories, not yell leader memories, like football memories ever. So, uh, and, and if you were in college station or you're in college station or you subscribe to the, was it the Brian Eagle, right? The Eagle. Oh yeah. The Eagle baby. Yeah. So like there, there wasn't much going on, uh, the day of, uh, or the day after the game. So my dumb face was plastered all over the because it was it was it Zwerneman? I can't remember who took the picture. Wasn't Zwerneman. I, I honestly don't remember. I'd have to go. Nah, back crap. For it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot myself for getting this wrong. You keep talking. But, I'll, I'll figure it but, out. Yeah, but he sent me the picture, and it's me in the end zone in mid freakout, looking like I'm about to eat Tony Hurd Jr. <laughs> um, on, on the pick six against Duke, and uh, so I'll tell the story behind how that happened. So uh, we are on, if you're looking, uh, if, I mean, if you were looking down the field at the end zone that that happened, the Aggies were on your right. Like all the Ags, like the Ag side of the stadium was on your right. Um, and so we're running back and forth, you know, on the sideline doing what we do. Uh, and, you know, I'm drinking Gatorade, you know, you know, eating fruit and doing all this and doing what I do every game. And then I realize like we're indoors and this is not taking the toll on me that I thought it would. Right. Now I'm going to back up a second. So we're heading into, uh, uh, into the locker room at halftime. And, and as we walk towards the end zone and we kind of curve around into the tunnel, uh, the Aggie band was right there, uh, in the corner of the end zone and they're all filing out. And I know all, you know, I, 
My dad was in the Aggie band. I love hanging out with the Aggie band. I love Colonel Brewer. Hell, he did a commercial for me for Good Bull. You know, ladies right. and gentlemen, now forming at the north end of Kyle Field. You know, everybody knows Colonel Brewer. And if right. you don't, that's Colonel Brewer, by the way. Um, but all these Aggie bandsmen are coming out. And they're like, dude, what happened? And I'm, I lost my voice hanging the, into the uh, in the locker room trying to explain to them that I'm not one of the flipping coaches and I know what the flip's going on and I'm really flipping not happy with it either and none of those flippings are duckings on your Apple phone. All right? <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, do, I, you know, I, I'm just now at 40 years old wearing a headset with a mic. So clearly, and I had to buy it for myself, so no one cares about my opinion. So, so clearly, I don't know what's going. I, nobody asked me about the second and seven defensive play call. What do you? I just go and get in the end zone and march like the most amazing band ever and military marching band, and just just leave me alone. I got a whole second half to be mad about. Got focus. Yeah, well, no, just be no. mad. So, so we go in the locker room, and it was like a joint kind of locker room, you know, they, like the cheerleader locker room. Sure. Because we're cheerleaders. Right. Uh, but uh, so, so the Duke cheerleaders come in, and they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And the five of us have already in there. We're just hunked over. The, we're just all checking our cell phones and pissed off. And they look at her like, oh, hey. It's been a really fun game, and I don't know if it was all five of us or just me, but I gave them the, like, you should go back to Duke right now. <laughs> Shouldn't you so, basketball? <laughs> yeah, it's, don't you have academics to worry about? Go away. <laughs> it's after Christmas. You're, like, in a Christmas mini-mester, right? We're just drinking in Georgia for football. Leave us alone. Right. <laughs> uh, so I'm there and I'm angry, and and for some reason I can't remember which one it was. Well, one of my fellow yell leaders. Oh, what do you think about this? I was like, in a rasp voice, like I just yelled at the band, the Fighting Texas band. I yelled at individual members. Probably I probably hit 30% of the entire 460 or 363 day march. Pissed off. I please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. So, so we go back, you know, we have our, well, oh, and I'm in there. I'm like, it's a Chick-fil-A bowl. Like I, sh I should walk into the locker room. There should be like all of the Chick-fil-A ever. Right. Right. That's the expectations again. Right. Come on. We're the Chick-fil-A nah. bowl. Give us some chicken. Yeah. Or you can give, you can give them the swag. I just want a sandwich <laughs> uh, and I get in no food and I'm just like, dude, I, I feel like this could go worse, but it would take a lot. So finally, I, I actually go outside the locker room out into the tunnel, uh, and I'm like, hey, are we not getting Chick-fil-A since you guys sponsor this crap? And uh, so they brought in, like, some sandwiches, I think, from some vendor that had been shut down for six hours because they, they sounded like chicken sandwiches, and they touched like chicken sandwiches, and I'm fairly certain they were Chick-fil-A new sandwiches. Um, but, but I ate it because I was hungry. Uh, so we go back out and I'm hydrating, you know, it's dude, it's Aggie football. And again, we're not that far behind. We can pull this off. And this is my whole mentality ever since I remember watching Aggie football mm -hmm. and I'm running, you know, we're, we're running the sidelines and I'm drinking water, drinking Gatorade. And then I realize 
Now this the games you know we're scoring. Oh, okay. All right, all right. That, oh, here we go. You know things are getting better. And uh, I'm like, dude, I, I finally go over to Crawford. I was like, dude, I gotta pee. Like, like I, I'm a I'm a grown ass man who's, you know, who's uh, been in the infantry, but in the infantry I could just pee right here. But uh, in America, this would be a really bad call for a lot of public relation reasons. I was like, dude, I can, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. And so if you're facing the crowd, I'm down by the other end zone and the tunnel closest to me, because the tunnels run the corners, mm-hmm. is, is a Duke tunnel. And he's like, nah, dude, just go back through the A&M tunnel. I was like, all right, fine. So I run all the way down the sideline, my little pee run, you know, short and stretch. <laughs> I go and I get to the bathroom and, and I'm in the bathroom. All of a sudden I start hearing like the stadium and crowd yelling and pulsing. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, this is how this is going to work, isn't it? This is what I get for the, yeah, for the future penalty that I'm going to get from Malkin Kennedy. Um, but so I, I started hearing it and like it, you can hear that, you know, when you're underneath the stadium down to the bowels of it, you can really hear, it doesn't matter where you are. You can hear the stadium start to kind of come to life. So I, you know, hurry up, run back out. And so now I'm in the far corner. You know, if you're looking at, uh, you know, if you're looking at this end zone, the Aggie bands in your, we'll call it the Northeast corner. Right. Cause and whatever. And I'm in the Northwest corner coming out of a tunnel. Cause that was the Aggie tunnel. So it kind of reached from corner to corner on tunnels. So I run out and we're on defense and we're having to make a stand. So, well, I'm a yell leader. I come out, screw it. Pull out Patel, start yelling, start a and the band's right there. I have allies, you know, in my corner. So I run to the other corner. We're yelling, and I'm just screaming and yelling because I mean, this is this is kind of the game, you know. It right. really is. Yeah, yeah. Wave it a little bit, point a whole lot. Um, and and so I'm yelling. I'm running back and forth. And my biggest fault uh, as a yell leader was watching football. Right. Um. I, like I wave my towel on point, but I'm always looking on my shoulder. As soon as the play starts, bro, your towel waving's on your own. I got you going. Just keep going. I gotta, I gotta watch football because I got a really good seat for it. Right. <laughs> and, and I turn around, and, and I see, I turn around, and I turn around in time, right before the snap. So I see this play kind of go. Then all of a sudden, I see Tony kind of jump to my, like jump to my left. All of a sudden, Tony's running at me. And the, the stadium is, I mean, it's a dome stadium. It's just, you can't hear yourself fart, you know. It's just so loud. And they had those little foam advertisement things uh, outside the end zones, you know, because heaven forbid we don't brand things to make money off athletes we don't pay. Nah. Um, but he's, all of a sudden he's running at me and he's got the football. And I'm leaning over this thing, and I just start beating on it like, uh, you know, like Aggie soccer, you know, over the edge, where they're like, uh, think yeah, of yeah. Oklahoma State football, you know, where they beat on the pads. Right. Like this, this is me. And thank God, in the world that we were living in at that point, there was not a microphone on me because I would have been kicked out of the state, much less the university, <laughs> because the way I was encouraging him would have been the way I was would have been encouraging like one of my infantry soldiers to uh, just to complete the ridiculous mission. So um, there were, yeah, there were, 
you know, not safe for work words, but I'm just yelling. And finally, I realized they're not going to catch him. I jump in, I, I jump around the, the little foam advertising things. I'm just freaking out, but I'm trying to stay behind the little stupid yellow dotted line. Right. Which I violated in the LSU game, offsides LSU game. I'll tell you about that someday. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but he, he goes to, he's running at me and he goes to peel out towards the goalpost. And Tony and I had, just kind of known each other not like we weren't buddies but we know each other in passing and we've done some stuff here and there and like hung out and he, he just knew who i was and uh and he peels back towards me and he jumps into my arms and it's the only time in my life i regret not doing the dirty dancing like full extension you know but uh but that I, honestly one of the greatest sports memories of my life uh in football just just nothing like it and I'm, so, I'm happy, to, and I'm happy to share it with you because I was I was there too. Granted, I was sitting up in the uh, in the nosebleeds on our side with a bunch of other just random SEC people, and I just that was a great trip, and I will always and forever enjoy that. That's gonna be a yeah, great and, sports memory for and, me too. And that was New Year's Eve. I remember someone counting down the countdown. I called my wife. I wished my wife and daughter happy New Year's as the confetti was coming down, and I won't tell you what's in my Yell Leader book, like what's printed in it, but I will tell you there is confetti from the floor of the Chick-fil-A Bowl in it for as a memory. All right, man. We talk way too long, but I think we actually talked about topics people give us not about as opposed to, hey, I'm Roy, fricka, fricka, fricka. Yeah, so so I think we had a good time. I, we, we'll have to schedule some more baseball talk, uh, just kind of projection of next year. Um, and same with softball, to be honest. For sure. But yeah. uh, so next podcast, uh, we got some ideas, but I think we want to address at least one barbecue topic. Yeah. I'm thinking one barbecue topic and a little bit of football was the thought process. <laughs> barbecue and football, but it may not be the football you're referring to, or maybe we can refer to both. But we might talk about football, and we might also talk about football. Exactly. So. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, we appreciate you guys listening in once again on the Red Ass Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Red Ass Podcast. You can also follow us individually at Robert underscore White 14 on Twitter, as well as Roy May 15 on Twitter. And be sure to hit us up for topics. And if you have uh, – not to mention – Look forward to uh, our red ass apparel that's coming down the line. We're looking forward to getting that going. And yeah. we have some other uh, thought processes on that. Be sure to let us know. We are excited about it. And hopefully we'll get those rolling your direction very soon. Also, guys, my band that I play with is doing a live streaming concert on Facebook on this Thursday from 7.30 to 9 Central Time, so be sure to check that out. You can go follow us on social media at Jordan Nix Music across all platforms, and you should be able to watch it on Facebook, and I'm sure we'll have Twitter links as well, so get ready for that. should be very exciting, guys, and we appreciate you listening in. All right, Gigam. Gigam.